0: Hello, welcome to Lifehouse Church podcast. It's so good you've joined us today. This message is delivered by Pastor Paul Hollingworth. Please sit back, enjoy, listen to what's said. For any more information about Lifehouse Church, please visit our website, www.lifehousechurch.co.uk or head over to one of our social media pages. You'll find us at Lifehouse 12. Enjoy the message and we'll see you soon. Great to see you all, thank you so much. Um, Friends, old and new, in the building. Seen some people I've not seen for a year today. And uh, it's been amazing to see you. And if that's you, or I can't quite see everybody that's sat on the balcony today, but it's just great to have you with us. And um, it's great to know that church has been full for two services in COVID, in pandemic. The church is alive and God is doing something with his people, with the church. And how many of you know that God's not finished yet? He's not finished yet. He's not finished yet. Listen. If you're not on your feet right now and you've been applauding by the end of this message today, I'm telling you, we're going to be giving all the praise and all the glory to Jesus. At some point today, I reckon there's going to be a whole breakout of people standing. I'm not just saying that because I kind of want the rah-rah. I'm saying that because today is a day that, boy, oh boy, oh boy, if we can't give our best today to the King, then listen... I'm going to believe today with you that as we speak this word, as we speak to you in your home, wherever you are, I'm believing that God's word always comes on time and on point. And Easter has been planned out many, 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 many years ago. But today, where you are, it finds you where you are. The Easter message today, and you might think, what a poignant message. What a poignant day it is for me to be going through this particular situation at present. But listen, the word of God comes in season season. And it comes out of season to us. And today I'm really believing that God is going to speak a word that's going to kind of rattle and shake the bones of your life. And some of the dry situations, some of the things that we think are impossible and unchangeable and immovable. God is in the business of doing new things. Lord God, right now... In your presence, we just ask that your word would do its work. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And for every single individual engaging with this right now, Lord God, whether it's this week or next week or in months to come, we pray your work would be done through your word by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody that's expectant of God to speak to him in this moment, said an enthusiastic amen. 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 You can take your seats. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, we've got a short little space of time. If preaching's new to you and, and spending time around God's Word, we prioritize spending time in God's Word literally, literally 20, 22, 23 minutes out of your whole 168 hour week just to come together to say, God, what are you saying to us? And we really believe this that God speaks to us through Scripture. It's not got old and boring and dull and we need something new and inspirational. No, God's word is life and breath to us. And that is why we're spending some time preaching. We spend time worshipping, enthusiastically I'm sure you felt the enthusiasm in worship today, yeah? And some of you might have been like, hold on a minute. Gosh, is there any more songs? It's like a full album that we went for this morning. Because he deserves our praise. You see, the, the thing that I've been struck by is this Easter We reflected on Friday, but Easter definitely deals with our past. Isaiah 53 verse 4 speaks about the one that was to come, Jesus, and how he overcame every sickness, every sin, every transgression. He was the overcomer. He would come to overcome everything that we could ever imagine. As I explained to my kids the other day, listen, we, we got graphic in the explanation. But I said, you know, Jesus knows exactly the worst of sins. Whatever you put into that bracket, that's up to you. You know, we have somehow in life, we have a grading system of sin. Like some really bad ones and some that are not so. But listen, sin, sin. Let's get the record straight, eh? Let's be a church that speaks sin, sin, sin things that separates us from God. No matter how serious you think it is or how not so serious it is, it separates us from being with God, being in his presence. It causes shame, guilt, and all these emotions that stand in the middle between you and God. And, And listen, no matter what your grading system is, this is the reality. That Jesus, when he hung on that cross, he knows exactly what it was like to do what you've done. To do what I've done. You know, you might say, well, I've not really done anything bad. I mean, I told lies. You know that emotion when you tell a lie? The guilt afterwards? Jesus felt it. Some of you might use more extreme scenarios. And without me going into explicit details, Jesus knows the emotions. Because he paid the price for it all. And Easter not only so well deals with our past through forgiveness, through asking for forgiveness, but I'm here to tell you this today on Resurrection Sunday, Easter is a time that deals with bringing hope for your future. Wherever you are right now, whatever you're facing, Easter is a huge reminder to the whole of mankind that there is a future, but listen, watch the sentence, there is a future in Jesus' name. Uh, it's easy to put a social media post on about, I'm believing for a better day, I'm believing for a better day, tomorrow's going to be a good day, and I know certain famous people in our society have said, tomorrow's going to be a good day. Listen, my whole hope anchors in the fact, tomorrow's securities are a blessing to me in Jesus' name. Like the grace of God in, in Jesus' name. Luke 24, let me, just, let me just read these few verses to you. Luke 24, verse 1 to 3, says these words. This is post the crucifixion. The ladies, the women at that time would go to the tomb, prepare spices and take them to the tomb and, and to treat the body. And this is what it says. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices, they were all ready, they prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But just watch this. But when they entered, they did not find the body. Verse 4 says this, while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. It's quite interesting that the situation they were presented with when they walked into the tomb pretty much caught them off guard. The the situation seemed quite bleak. I don't know whether your life feels at times bleak, barren, broken, hopeless, feels like a lost cause that seems impossible and, and it's almost a landscape that's unchangeable. The projection of my future seems very dour and unchanging. I want to ask you this question right now, whoever you are, first time in church or always been to church, what have you decided is all over that God is still working on? Like, be honest with yourself. And you've said, well, I really believe that God said this to me, but I just feel like it's it's not going to happen. I really believe that this was going to take place in my lifetime. But it's, you see, you see the ladies, they went to the tomb prepared to treat the body. And when they got there, they, they found no body. The reality is though for all of us and just for like those ladies there, that it says in verse 4, while they were wondering about this, they were stood there like, what is going on? An empty tomb. What is happening? Let, let's be real. 2020 to 2021 season, the pandemic season, there's been many times God's watched you standing in front of the empty tomb, wondering what is going on? What is happening to everything that I thought. I was expecting. The truth of the matter though is this. These ladies knew what to expect. Jesus had already told the gathering of people that he was close to. This is what's going to happen to me. And as hard as it sounds to listen to, they're going to crucify me. They're going to punish me. You're going to have to watch and stand me beaten to a pulp and they're going to spit on me and they're going to, they're going to say horrible things about me. I'm going to be a laughingstock. I'm going to be naked on the cross before you. But listen, I'm going to rise again. And there they were. They, they entered the tomb and it says in verse 4, while they were still wondering about this, what is going on? Let's have a reality check, church. None of us have gone through the last 12 months without ones probably asking, what is going on here? But Easter reminds us of what God has already promised. You see, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 tells us this. To whoever you are, however young, old you are, it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and he will direct your paths. You see, we stand in front of a tomb and wonder, we see young Jackson and, and, we, and we think at three months premature, we think, well, what? Proverbs, Psalm 23 verse one says this, the Lord is my shepherd and therefore I will lack no thing. Laura came to me during the second service. Laura playing bass for as eloquently as the lady that you saw starring on big screen today, the mother of, of this young man. And she came to me and said, listen, I, I, brought, I maybe should have said this to you before, but he's been having these ongoing blood tests. Because we were, we were there at that day, just a few days after he was born, and what well, a tough journey that was. For anybody that's encountered anything, you know them kind of scenarios, I guess, happen a lot of the time in hospital waiting rooms. But boy, and we, we prayed, and she said to me, he's been having these tests for They're testing him for some really serious things, but I don't really know what they're testing him for. But they're testing him. She says, and all the tests. The the lady said, "This is the last time we're testing him because we don't know what it is. But like, it's 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 all cleared up. You see, I'm saying that to you because the Lord is my shepherd, and therefore, no matter what you face, you will lack no thing. Matthew six verse thirty-three tells us to to put God first. And all these other things. Yeah. We, we walk to the empty tomb and we think, well, this is not what I expected. This is not what I, come on, God, this is not what I had planned for church. I mean, like we were, I tell you what, Jesus, March the 8th last year, this church was rocking. And I'll tell you, envisaged Conference, it was pumping. The whole thing was full and it was, hit, and like, and then they've closed the doors. Like, What is happening? While they were still wondering, then two men dressed in white appeared next to them, gleaming white. We've all been caught standing wondering, but I want to encourage you with this as we move through. Philippians 1 verse 6 says this, for the believer, because what we put our trust and our hope in is really important. Easter's great, chocolate, eggs, celebration, church was rocking, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. But ultimately, putting our trust and our faith and our hope into Jesus, asking for forgiveness for the way we've led our lives, leads us to the point that it says this for believers. Philippians 1 verse 6 says that he, the one that breathed life into your very lungs, the one that spoke the word into life, into your life, that put a destiny in you back here, and 45 years you're into the journey, Paul, that same God says this, he who began a good work, no matter what the tomb looks like at this present moment in time, is working behind the scenes and will complete the task. He will come through with what he has already (laughs) promised. It's a fact. I mean, this last 12 months, let's face it, come on. Wearing masks in church. What do you want to call it? Nonsense? Ridiculousness? that we have to wear masks in church, that we have to sit seats apart, that we can't come with our neighbor and we can't do this. Listen, Jesus' promise always was that he would build his church. And the efforts, the gates of hell and Hades and the the efforts of the enemy to to put a, a, a stone over the tomb, nothing would prevent his church advancing. I'm just saying this now, I'm not going to be shrinking back because of a mask. I'm not going to shrink back because of social, physical distancing, whatever you want to call it. The Bible tells us that the church of Jesus Christ will advance because he will build it. You see, the question I asked you before was, what have you decided is all over that God is still working on? See, Easter reminds us that when all things seem lost and hopeless, empty tomb, God time and time again will leave us standing at the tomb, perplexed and in awe of his mighty power. Time and time again. Time and time again, Laura. Time and time again, Rebecca, who was in our first service today. I'm so sorry that we missed you. I said I was definitely going to mention it, but a young girl, 34 years of age, at this time last year, had just had serious, major, life-threatening surgery for cancer in her body. And near a year to the day, today, is in church for the first time, worshipping with us this morning, because God is a God that will not fail. He will not fail. Time and time again, in awe. I meet people and I go, I'm in awe of what God has done in your life. You see, the women went to the tomb for burial purposes, but instead they were witnesses to the resurrection. They went to the tomb. I'll try this side. They went to the tomb for burial purposes, but they witnessed the resurrection. They went to the tomb to to just get the report on everything that they'd seen, but they got first eyewitnesses to the resurrection. Incredible. You see, while ever we've got, and you can make this declaration with me right now. I was chatting with some of our Life Connections team between services. What a phenomenal job they have done through these last few months in ensuring that church has stayed safe. And I say that because we had this conversation about enthusiasm. We talked about energy and enthusiasm for serving. I said this, while ever we have breath in our lungs and faith in Jesus... We can never say it's all over. Come on. Come on, rise up, difficulty, challenge, mountain. Rise up, it's Easter, and we're going to present to you an empty tomb. Habakkuk 3, verse 17 to 18 says this. One of my favorite Bible verses. You get taught loads of good Bible verses when you're a child But I don't think anybody ever told me about this when I was a young boy. I I read it as time went on. He understood one of the prophets. And one of the prophets, Habakkuk, says these words to us. Habakkuk 3, 17 to 18. Make this a prayer and a prophetic word over your own life and your family. Look at it on the screen. Look at it on your screens at home right now and declare this over your own family. Though the fig tree does not appear what I thought it was going to look like. It's not quite happening how I thought it would pan out. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no, not a few, there are no grapes on the vines. Though the olive crop fails, bad year, and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. Yet, I will stand in awe and wonder of what God you can do in this season. Yet, I will I will be joyful. Some of the translations said, yet I will praise the Lord, my God, my Savior. Come on, somebody in this place, give him a praise in this (laughs) praise. See, Habakkuk, he saw, Habakkuk saw the problems. He didn't ignore the problems. The problems were there and he walked with the problems. But he said this, despite whatever happens to me, I'm going to see them for what they are. I'm going to see them for what they are yet I will still praise the Lord my God. 2021, 2022 and the seasons to come yet we will still praise. You see all of us, all of us at times live with this sense of I I felt for those ladies as I, I looked through scripture this week and I spent time just to read through these, I felt for them. They were doing the right thing. You know they've seen everything that's happened and filled with sorrow and Discouragement, I guess. And they make the steps to this empty tomb. And I would imagine a feeling, a sense of brokenness. What's going on? What's happening? Rejection. Like we we came to... And and out of this whole 12 months that has just gone by, there's, there's been many emotions from many people. I spoke to many people through the time, just like you. And one of the, I guess, pressing pressing issues. I don't know the right words to say sometimes. I literally have to lean in to the Holy Spirit, because i would get myself in a mess otherwise. This this whole conversation of mental health, and when I say it's a conversation, it's a reality. I'm not sure if I've got the grace to say it, but I think I will have. But when I was younger, I always remember my mum using this phrase. You may have heard me say it before. And it's only as I've grown older to understand my mum's journey, and if you know my mum, I always take time to honour my parents if I can. But if you know her journey, her journey was a very difficult one from a young age, from way, way beyond And she used to say this phrase sometimes to me, and I never fully understood it. And she would say this phrase, and it would, I'm at the end of my tether. It's not until about a week ago, a while ago, that I understood what she was really talking about. The end of, some people use this phrase that I find quite, find it a hard phrase to hear, but people say, come to the end of my rope end of my tether, because there comes a point in life where sometimes you stand at a point and just wonder what is happening, what is going on, and it's more than just an issue, it's an actual emotion that we feel on a regular basis, but I want to encourage you with this, Psalm 34 verse 18 says this, listen to these words, the Lord is close to the broken, the Lord doesn't come to you today and say, pull your socks up. The Lord doesn't come to you today and say, you should do better. The Bible tells us that the Lord is close to the broken. Why? Because at that point in relationship, hand in hand, walking with you, he's going to bring you peace in this next season. He's going to bring forgiveness to you. He's going to give you ease. He's going to give you rest. He's going to bring strength to you. He's going to bring courage to you because the Lord is close to the broken. Somebody that you're receiving that right now, you need to give an amen. You see, Jesus, as I said earlier, he knows exactly how it feels to be broken. He knows. He knows your broken feeling, he knows the challenge feeling. But he wants you to know where he where he sits. Because he knows where you're at. He just wants you to know where he sits. And why I say that is because Ephesians 1:19 to 23 will tell us quite clearly the incredible enormity of what Easter means to us. These are the verses. 19 to 23, tells us this, speaking of Jesus. Verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know, that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power Come on, it's not over, church. His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as his mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ Jesus from the dead. And listen, and seated. Jesus knows where you're at. He just wants you to know where he's sat at. Where he was seated at the right-hand side in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and pandemics and anything else you want to throw in there and that every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head of everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything. You see, it's his his power. When we understand where Jesus has sat, We understand that he knows where we're at. Stood. Wondering. But it's his power. It's his power that can do all things that our eyes have never seen before. It's his power that deals with that which seeks to prevent you moving forward. And it's his power that removes your detailed past. And I say detailed... Because we go into the details. We bring the details up. You know, Anybody ever been in an argument? Not in church, obviously. If you're watching and you don't come to church ever, just know that in church we never argue. This is just like, it's all just... You've argued before. What's the temptation to do? To bring up the... You're talking about one thing, and the next minute they're bringing something up that happened six months ago. Be like, whoa, hold on a minute, side me here. You see, Jesus' power will cause you to see things you've never seen before. He'll cause blockages to be removed that prevent you from moving forward. But He'll also remove your detailed past. Let me just finish with this real quick, and I'm done. I'm not a to bore you, but I love to exercise. I do. It's, it's part of my mental health, I guess, to look after myself. I like to do it. Some people think I'm crazy for doing it, but I like to do it. I come home from work, and sometimes I've got this slot just to go and, just to go and exercise. I need probably about an hour to go and do what I want to do. And sometimes I'll come home and planned in. We've got things ahead of the schedule. We're not going to eat till late, so I know that I can come in. I can get the shoes. And I know where I'll leave my kit and... I can just put it on and this one day I came home and, and the sun was out so you know what that means don't you it's time to bring back the vest and I was like I've got a vest and I like to wear my vest occasionally and it's a nice day to run and, and I, so, so I, got, I go, go in I, I know where everything is I've got this routine I can just go bump, bump, bump and go and be gone and be back within the hour I go, I go in and I'm a man I'm a man ask for forgiveness right now. But I go into the room because I know where the vest is. The vest is in that drawer underneath the bed. So I come in and pull the drawer and there's no vest. There ain't no vest. I'm trying that all the time to take your job. I'm trying. There's no vest. I don't know why that was coming into my mind. There ain't no vest. And then I go to the other set of dr- t- 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 no, no vest. T- 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 Sarah. 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 Darling. Baby. This is what happens. This is what happens in a pastor's house. I'm just giving you an insight. <laughs> in float, Sarah angelic she says what's the matter I'm like I'm looking for my vest she goes to the drawer (laughs) and she exits the room the deal is this I do actually I've been running with Sarah once before and I do actually think she looks like she's floating when she runs but anyway I'm a man and I couldn't, I couldn't find it. Sarah goes straight in the drawer and pulls it out and it's, I call it a man thing. But listen, Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 verse four and five tells us that he was pierced for our transgressions. It tells us that he overcame. Then in Isaiah 53 verse 11, it says, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities so it tells us about everything that he will do and in verse 11 of the same chapter it tells you the result he will justify the many I looked into the word justify what it really means and these are three just three closing points you might may 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 remember in time to come I'm fascinated by the fact that it says that my Saviour Jesus will actually come to justify many people. People have tried to, imbru- in, in, I don't know what the word is, try to ingrain in me that in time to come as church advances that actually it will get smaller and smaller because time is going to get more difficult. I'm speaking to a church today that is rising up In this season, and he's going to grow in strength and power in the name of Jesus. Because it tells me in the Word of God that he's come for the many. Google it. Google. Go on Google. Many. Large number. Jesus is coming back for the many. And it says that he will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. It tells me this, number one, many people we're believing for and believing today, many people will be forgiven in the name of Jesus. Many people will be forgiven. There's a the man hung on the cross next to Jesus, Luke 23, verse 43. Jesus turns to him and tells him, your sins are forgiven. Today you'll be in paradise. That man is the only deathbed testimony in the whole of Scripture that you'll find, and he's probably one of the first people to ever sit by the side of Jesus. He was dirty, he was lousy, but in that moment he was forgiven, which meant forever his destiny was changed. Don't allow unforgiveness to be a blockage to you and God. Not only will be many people be forgiven but also many sins listen to me really loud and clear and when I say that in this context I'm speaking to myself many sins will be forgotten the reason I did the little analogy of the bottom drawer is that my vest went missing for a few months and you know what can happen in life when it's only hidden away the enemy pulls it back out of the drawer and drops it in front of you. And you find yourself in the process having to deal with it again. He bore all our iniquities to justify the many people so that you would never have to deal with your past ever again. We sound crazy, but it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. He took it all once and for all. To be justified means to be remembered no more. Jeremiah 31, 34 tells us, and he will remember their sins no more. Listen, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. Every day I come before God, I'm forgiven of everything that would seek to hold me back. Forgotten, forgiven, and ultimately the gospel of Jesus Christ, the empty tomb, tells us that people will be justified, many people, he will bear their iniquities, and many people will live forever. Because this earth that we're on right now is temporary, is very short. Jesus came because eternity is at stake. And I'd love it if you could stand in this room with me just in this moment together. Being a brilliant crowd, great audience. Thank you for listening, being so patient with me. Just in this moment, I just want to pray two really quick prayers. The first thing I just want to pray is this, whether you're at home or in the building, I just want to pray this prayer that maybe there's things that you're holding on to, that you feel like there's just nothing changing, nothing happening. And a little bit like those two, three ladies that were stood at the tomb today, I want to say, what is it that you believe is over that God is still at work at? if you have the courage today i want to pray a prayer with you right now and it'll involve something really simple just quickly popping in your hand up to say i'm not sure pastor how this is going to work out i feel like it's all over i feel like it's all gone but if that's you in this moment i want you just to lift your hand wherever you are you believe in for a miracle you believe that god's promised something wherever and you might feel like it's disappeared and lost and gone i want you just to lift your hand quick on the count of three. One, two, three. brilliant As soon as you pop your hand up, you can take it back down. I'm not here to bring any sort of shame to anybody today. Lord Jesus, right now, I thank you that an empty tomb is a sign to all mankind, that God, you're a miracle-working God, behind the scenes. God, I thank you for the videos, the film clips that we've seen today, for the stories that we hear, Lord God. And God, right now in that moment where that irritation says, yeah, but what about me? I thank you in this moment that God, as we stand in wonder at the tomb, wondering what is going to take place, we, God, right now, we place those embers in front of you right, right now, Lord God. We believe that Holy Spirit we believe you Lord God that as you breathe onto those embers right now Lord God we breathe to see things come to life Lord God thank you that no word that you've ever spoken will ever fail or become null and void but Lord Jesus right now we declare within our men that we believe in you Lord God for breakthrough for change for the miraculous in this season in Jesus name no matter what it is right now Lord God we trust you with it and we believe you for it, Lord God. God, that we would stand in front of that tomb in awe and wonder, Lord God, of what you've done. In Jesus' name. If you're in this place right now, you've never given your life to Jesus before, and I mean just by saying simply that, Jesus, would you forgive me? I want a brand new start with you. Whoever you are in this building, Right now, you know full well that you've never made a commitment to Jesus. In the first service, hands were popping up all over the church. It's phenomenal. In that moment, right now, in this moment, if that's you, I want you on the count of three. With every head bowed in this place, out of privacy. And we're going to be encouraging and cheering you on in this moment. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. On the count of three, you want to make Jesus Lord and Savior. I want you to lift your hand wherever you are. One, two, three. Brilliant. Thank you. Great hand there. I don't know if I can see if some of the team will just look on the balcony. Thank you at the back. That's brilliant. You can pop your hand down. Anybody else? And he's saying right now in this moment, I just want to, I know that I need to make this. Then Lord Jesus, we pray this prayer right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, let's say it together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died for me. Thank you that you gave up everything for me. And in this moment right now, I say sorry for the way that I've been living. I ask you that you would come into my life. I pray that you would be Lord of my life. And Lord Jesus, right now, I make you number one priority. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put our hands together for these people that have just lifted their hands in this auditorium. He's a miracle working God brilliant thank you for engaging with us today what an incredible message that was just remember if you want to know anything else about who we are where we are what we do head over to that website www.lifehousechurch.co.uk or on our social media platforms at lifehouse12 thanks be blessed and we'll see you again soon